Okay, I am here with Maria Victor, Maria Paez Victor. Um, Maria, uh, we are going to talk about the terrorist plot that was just foiled by Venezuela on Sunday, May 3rd. We're recording on the night of uh, Wednesday, May 6th. Um, and so, Maria, uh, I think we should start with actually who the soldiers were. Supposedly it was some 200, 300 soldiers. And I think most of these guys were people who um, cr who had crossed uh, into Venezuela from Colombia in or tried to uh, in that Cucuta operation that was led by this uh, self-declared president Juan Guaido back um, earlier in the year. Uh, when they tried to uh, cross into uh, Venezuela, and that was that was a kind of a debacle for them. But since then, uh, what happened to the? How did they? How did this, these soldiers end up getting from that operation to uh, basically all being arrested on mass um, after trying to infiltrate into Venezuela on Sunday morning um, on boats? Well. Um... What happened at the bridges, the three bridges in Cúcuta, was that there were, they say it's about 300, I, I, I doubt that number, but there were, let's say, a, a, a number of, uh, they were just soldiers with only a few, maybe three uh, officials, officers, who, who went to the side of Colombia. Now, these people um, then went to hotels and acted very badly, and they got kicked out, and they were living on the street. They ran out of money. So Guaido supposedly sent several million dollars to his two representatives in, in Colombia to help these men, and the two supposed representatives or ambassadors of uh, Guaido pocketed the money after going on shopping sprees and all kinds of dreadful things and did not give this money to these um, uh, deserters. They thought that they were going to be greeted as heroes by the Colombians and the Colombians wanted nothing to do with them because they were like idling, you know. So what happened was that they came up with this idea that they were going to use these guys as to, and train them for an invasion. So this is where this man, uh, Jordan Godreau, comes in. They created three settlements or three camp sites in the um, Guajira, Alto, Alto Guajira, which is the area between Venezuela and Colombia. And they were training them there with the full knowledge of the Colombian uh, government. They knew perfectly well what was going on there. Yeah, I wanted to just jump in there just to say that paramilitary and other kinds of mercenary invasions from Colombia and that part of Colombia into Venezuela are nothing new. Uh, the last one, the first one that I know about is actually from 2003. Um, and there have been several ranches and bases on the border, on both sides of the border, mm -hmm. um, from where these kinds of attacks have come. So there mm -hmm. are probably, there's probably an inf some kind of infrastructure at this point for this kind of operation. Yes. And the United States has uh, wanted to 
for some quite some time overthrow President Maduro, as you know. In 2019, uh, this horrible Senator Lindsey Graham uh, suggested that they should invade Venezuela just like they did Grenada in, in the 1980s. Pompeo, this February, this February, in the middle of the pe- pandemic, openly said that the United States wanted to oust Maduro. There's no, there, there's no um, hiding this. Yeah, um, and then we don't don't forget Bolton uh, last Bolton. year with his holding up that piece of pad of paper saying four thousand troops to Colombian border mm-hmm. or whatever it was. And um, so. I have to mention this because it is so awful with this pandemic. You know that the uh, economic restrictions against Venezuela have killed just in one year, in 2018, 40,000 Venezuelans. And now they say that it's about 100,000. This is because Venezuela can't buy medicine. So this March, Venezuela asked the IMF for uh, $5 billion so that they could buy medicine. And the United States pressured them to say no. And they denied this, this help for Venezuela so if it wasn't for China and Cuba and Russia and the World Health Organization and the Red Cross, Venezuela would be in a terrible state because these institutions have helped um, to get medicines to Venezuela. So in the and now China, China's in the crosshairs of the U.S. now increasingly, precisely because China has been breaking their sanctions on Venezuela, Cuba, Iran. China has been absolutely magnificent to Venezuela. It has created a, an air bridge between Beijing and Venezuela. And this these airplanes are the ones bringing in all the medical supplies and the tests and the medicines and the masks that Venezuela has needed. Uh, just uh, just a few hours ago, the Osdao Cabello again was saying, uh, was thanking China for its marvelous help. Um, and of course, the Cuban doctors are down there with us. They are, they accompany the Venezuelan doctors to visit every single person who has who, who has um, the virus. So anyway, what happened was that in April, um, Donald Trump. You see, Donald Trump needs desperately the votes of of Florida. If he doesn't win Florida, he cannot win the next election. So he wants these people, these gusanos, Cuban gusanos and Venezuelan, a patriotic people who live down there to vote for him. So he sent the Southern Command, the whole fleet of Southern Command on to the the Caribbean, basically to harass Venezuela under the pretext that Venezuela is supposedly a big uh, narco traffic uh, country, which is not their own document say that this is not true. Um, yeah, we talked about that in our in our last episode, right? Yeah. So we can yeah, l- yeah. listeners can check that out because that was the previous uh, yeah. emergency provocation where yeah. they had a ship ram a Venezuelan yeah. naval ship. Coast so Guard. there's no evidence whatsoever of that. But here's the interesting thing: it means that the DEA is on the side of Trump as opposed to the CIA. I'll come to that later. Um. But remember, there's this strain between the DEA, who's playing Trump's games, and the CA, who is not. So enter Jordan Goudreau, who is a Canadian-born American citizen, a former Green Beret, um, highly decorated in Iraq and Afghanistan, 
and he now has a... You know what you get decorated to do in Iraq and Afghanistan, right? Oh, yes. The man is a killer. (laughs) Uh, He created the Silver Corp Corporation to then go on this killing rampage uh, in a private way. Because the United States has privatized its its wars um, with uh, Blackwater and Halliburton and all of these. And so now Silver Corp. Silver Corp, what... He managed to get the contract to do the security for that concert in February in Cúcuta. He was there um, uh, in charge of the whole security of the thing. And he worked, this Jordan Goodrose got in contact with Cliver Alcala, who is this um, major ex-major general of Venezuela, and they started concocting this conspiracy. Jordan Goudreau then met with Keith Schiller, who is a longtime bodyguard of President Trump, and Rowan Kraft of the Kraft Cheese family. And between them, they were talking about how they were going to plan something in Venezuela. There was some sort of uh, disagreement between them, apparently. But it ended- oh yeah, let's let's take a quick pause mm-hmm. because I think we have to or to make an aside about the money because the this money. coalition organized well not organized but this coalition of which Juan Guaido is the figurehead mm-hmm. um, is coming apart over money. the many 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 millions of dollars that the United States has given to Guaido. Uh, which is Venezuelan money that's in various accounts, uh, Citgo being the uh, U.S.-based, I guess, branch of the Venezuelan oil company, right? Um, yes. But what's, it, what's the Venezuelan oil company called again? Citgo. Citgo. Oh, but no. in Venezuela, PDVSA, of course, yeah, PDVSA. So, so Citgo, and then, um, and then all this money, I guess whatever money that the government keeps with to settle whatever accounts there are in trade with the U.S., the U.S. has seized, uh, the British government has seized the Venezuelan gold that was in British banks. So all this money that's been stolen from the Venezuelan people, much of it has been given to Juan Guaido, and Juan Guaido is expected to take this money and use it to overthrow Maduro and get into the palace. But instead, Guaido has been going on various kinds of shopping sprees, mm-hmm. uh, which is, seems to be upsetting the various mercenaries that he's expected to uh, be paying. That's absolutely right. Uh, the big division within the opposition is that Guaido has kept this money, hasn't shared it with especially the people in Venezuela. Um, and in fact, nobody knows where this money is. You know, it's it's disappeared into the pockets of uh, of uh, uh, of Guaido and his and his friends, the the ultimate, uh, really, absolutely appalling thing is that he has given five thousand dollars to people in the uh, defunct uh, legislature who, who support him. So he has given five thousand dollars to his his supporters in the legislature, and you know he was kicked out of his own apart. Uh, his own party. I mean, people despise him. Uh, he's the most despised man in Venezuela, and he's despised by the opposition as much as he is by the um, by uh, by the Chavistas. But the point is that he promised Jordan Godreau 
1.5 million dollars at the beginning and that he would be getting about 200 million dollars if he overthrows maduro right. now here's the here's the thing on on sunday on on saturday evening sorry uh, jordan guadro did a, an interview with an anti chavista a journalist who's who's in fact wanted by the Venezuelan law in Miami she uh, interviewed him and he admitted it that he was the leader that he had trained these people that he had gotten this money from for only $50,000 from uh, Guaido that he's expecting the rest he hasn't paid and he was furious with him and the woman Patricia Poleo said you mean you have a contract with him? Where's this contract? And he showed the contract. And there it is, the signature of Guaido and his other people. This is, to me, incredible incompetence that you should be trying to overthrow a government and then you write it all up and then you put your signature on it. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually looking at the contract right now. It's signed by uh, Juan Guaido, Silvercorp, uh, Jordan Goudreau on behalf of Silvercorp, Sergio Vergara, Commissioner for Crisis Management, um, Juan Jose Rendon, Commissioner uh, of Strategy and Crisis Management, Strategy and Crisis Management, and then a witness. So when you're when you're doing a criminal terrorist conspiracy, make sure you sign the appropriate documents um, and. Uh, and do it all up completely above board. So these guys get into these, I think about three or four little boats, uh, small small boats, and they leave Rio Acha, Colombia. This is uh, Sunday evening. And sa- sa- Saturday evening? Saturday Sunday. evening. Saturday, yeah. Saturday evening. They leave, their, they leave their phones on, their GPS is on. Yes, they On their do. phones. Yeah, that's <laughs> cool. Do. It's a good thing. You, you may want to take a few selfies before you invade a foreign country, right? So the Venezuelan authorities were, were watching their, their little trip. And when they got to Makuto, then there was a terrible battle. You know, there really was. I've seen the, the, the videos and they were, they were shooting at each other back and forth. And the authorities managed to sink one of the boats and eight people died. And, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's really, it, it's not funny. You know, they, they had to kill yeah. these guys, but yeah. they grabbed two Bas- of them. Basically spent these people's lives in, a, in the most pointless, useless oh, kind of... It, it, it was ridiculous that they th- could think in these little boats they were going to do anything. And so the very next day, which is the Monday, one of the boats had escaped. And so these guys are running away from the authorities. The poli- they, they couldn't because the helicopters had, them, had watched them. But mm-hmm. Maduro had told them, given them order, do not sink this boat. Um, mm-hmm. I want these men alive. So these guys took off the he- the the roof of their uh, their boat, trying to disguise it. Took off their uh, their uniforms and threw them into the sea, but not their 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 arms, their weapons. And then they tried to come into a small fishing village uh, called Chuao, which is further to the east of the uh, of Makuto, further to the east of uh, of the airport. And when these mercenaries tried to get off the the, sh- the boat, 
What they found was the fishermen standing at the shore, one of them pointing uh, what looks like a gun at them and uh, started shouting at them an insult and said, you bunch of tourists, uh, of of terrorists, don't move. And he said this phrase, I am the Bolivarian Fury. (laughs) A fisherman. The fisherman. I mean, that's that's a guy who's waited his whole life for the chance to say something like that. I am the Bolivarian Fury, don't even move. And these guys who had all sorts of weapons in their boat immediately started saying, don't shoot, don't shoot, we give up, we give up. The fishermen got out their their ropes, tied them and threw them on the floor. They called the local police until the local police came. They are heroes, of course, in Venezuela. This has been wonderful. And today, today, which is Wednesday, uh, the people on the coast have found four other terrorists. These people think they're going to walk into a small uh, fishing villages and people aren't aren't going to notice. These are strangers. What are these strangers doing here? And they brought their passports, the Americans. Oh, yeah. So just in case they wanted to clear their customs. Passports, <laughs> their IDs, their IDs from the uh, U- U.S. military. So they united. So I guess the idea was that if if they had succeeded, they would get on these in these vehicles on the coast, drive into Caracas, murder Maduro. Mm-hmm. And then I guess they'd take their flight home from the Caracas airport. So they would need their passports that way. But as I said before, you've been there. Uh, yeah. Between the coast and Caracas is a huge mountain and a very, very long highway. And the highway has these checkpoints ever so often. The, these checkpoints are always there with, with, with guards to guard. Yeah, and when a pandemic, there's going to be even more of that. So everywhere how are you going to get to the middle of 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 the city to kill Maduro, I don't understand. It, it really, I, I I really think that they are immensely incompetent. But there are certain things that this has all shown. First of all, it is clear the participation of Colombia. There is no doubt in this. Um, the fact that they're trained over there, that you can't have these camps of uh, training uh, soldiers and the authorities not knowing. Um, Let's remind, uh, let me remind listeners too about the Colombian army, which is the army where they've had a scandal that is called in Colombia the false positive scandal, Mm. where basically thousands of soldiers were involved. They killed thousands and thousands of completely innocent peasants, uh, dressed them up as guerrilla soldiers and claimed that they were killed in battle all for the sake of inflating their statistics. So their statistics that they were killing many, many guerrillas. Um, and so there are these mass graves full of these peasants and, and they're unearthing evidence that the scandal was much bigger than even they thought. Each time they find out that it was even bigger than they thought. And so that's the Colombian army um, that is basically tacitly supporting. And, and I also wanted to say that because I think what, the u.s wants for venezuela is some kind of colombia-like situation you know like a kind of permanent civil war kind of situation where leftists are constantly being murdered picked off assassinated where the army just does whatever they want uh to people and so uh i guess that i just wanted to say like the colombian border and the colombian army supporting this is no no shock 
No, the United States has always uh, found its partners amongst the lowest of peoples. Yeah. Uh, you know, murderers and uh, and narco traffic people, and so, so yeah. the whole structure of Colombian uh, political yeah. body is riddled with yeah. the most terrible type of people who are involved in corruption of the highest level. And I mean violent. The, the violence uh, of Colombia is something that is horrific. Um, and, and that's part of the Colombian uh, uh, body politics. Yeah. And we have, yeah, like we have friends in the Colombian left, right? And that's like, it's all about just terrorizing the left and ensuring that there's no hope or no alternative to this kind of system. So one one of the reasons that um, I think Venezuela has been protected from an invasion from Colombia is uh, the fear of the Bogota oligarchy of what happens if Colombia invades Venezuela. First of all, mm-hmm. they don't trust their own army. Yeah, because some of that army has uh, admiration for the Venezuelan army. Well, yeah, and also when you when your army is is basically taken up the cause of murdering unarmed peasants, they don't uh, after after twenty years of that, you may not be very good at pe- at fighting an army that's actually fighting you back and has some motivation to fight back. Yeah, no, they're killers and something to fight for. And the other thing is that the normal, ordinary Colombian is as afraid of their yeah. army as he is of a gangster or a, or a narco trafficker. You don't know whether this yeah. a soldier is coming towards you and he's going to kill you. It could be, you know, uh, whereas in Venezuela, the people love their army. The people in the mm-hmm. army are really united. They walk down the street and people hail them and say hello and clap them and whatnot because uh, for 20 years, the Bolivarian Revolution has been the unity of the of the military and the uh, civic uh, body. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is this ideology that the Venezuelan army is the army of Bolivar. They are... So despite... So despite the uh, Colombian uh, elite's um, dislike of the plan, uh, because Trump went over there and pressured the president of Colombia, Ivan Duque, uh, this is part of why this plan kind of happened, right? No, Duque went to Washington. Oh, sorry. So right. It was the last visit, which was quite recent. Duque went to Washington. Trump treated him shamefully actually insulted him and told him, do something. You know, I want you to to invade Venezuela. So Duque came back and he was very happy that these guys were planning, you know, to invade Venezuela. And I think that uh, Trump is a bit desperate. He, he, he needs, you know, some sort of, uh, of triumph to hand over to the Florida voters. And that's, I think, what, what, what um, started this. And his being in cahoots with the DEA. Now, the CIA is not too happy with Trump. And I believe that it was... Oh, right, the whole deep state stuff, yeah. The CIA that um, told what was happening. 
be called. Oh, you think? So we know that the Venezuelans knew well in advance that this was going to happen. You're no, saying that you no, think no, it no. was... The Venezuelans knew because of their own intelligence. Their own intelligence, yeah. That's what, what happened I mean. was that there was an AP um, uh, article that came out on Saturday that actually said what was going to happen and it oh, said yeah. that it would fail. And so the... Spe- now, here is speculation. My speculation is that that was a plant by the CIA because they don't want Trump to win and they wanted this operation to fail just in case the Venezuelans didn't catch it. But, you know, the Venezuelans did catch this because they've got a very good intelligence service and they're helped in this intelligence service by techniques of the of the Russians, okay? The Russians are helping with the whole border um, surveillance. So it's no doubt in my mind that the Venezuelans knew. So the participation of the United States is not uh, is not uh, in question by 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 uh, Venezuelans, and they've got the two uh, the two Americans. One of them is being interviewed, and it's really uh, Maduro put it on for the for his diplomatic. Um, uh, ambassadors to see uh, the interview with one of the Americans, and it's very, very telling. And I really think that all of this is about the presidential elections on on on, on November, and it could be, as you mentioned, uh, Justin, it might have been a, a a test. You know, they wanted to test uh, Venezuela to see what would happen because this was a small. Um, contingency. It wasn't as big as, you know, uh, the Bay of Pigs that had about a thousand or so men. Um, But if it was a a proof, it proved that what is called el escudo bolivariano, which means the Bolivarian shield, worked beautifully, uh, both in terms of the military part and in terms of the people's part. Um, And I think that uh, if if it was a, a to prove what or to test what Venezuela had, I think that Trump should um, be very uh, careful because Diosdado Cabello said something very interesting. He said, yes, the Marines could enter Venezuela. They could come in and enter Venezuela, he said, but they won't leave it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's exactly, it's the Bolivarian, uh, the militia is what four million or something. Yeah. There's yeah. the army is motivated. It's not. Yeah, it wouldn't be. A, yeah, it wouldn't be a simple um, matter. And also, uh, yeah, it would be like one of these generation long wars. Which and unfortunately, I couldn't put past the U.S. anymore. You know, the yeah. thing, the way the U.S. is behaving now, it's it's a really scary time. So it is. They are very. Uh... Erratic and, and not just Trump, but yeah, no, it's good. I don't, I don't believe that like no. the Trump is anything exceptional at all. I, I think any Republican would have done this, and and the sanctions uh, on Venezuela were introduced by Obama in 2015. Oh, no. So no, I think it's the the real rot of Washington. Um, oh. And look at Trump, who is around him, thugs. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chomsky mm-hmm. has said. You know, we've got, uh, he said, we've got a, 
a gangster as a president. He's he, the people all around Abrams. Abrams is a is a, a criminal, a war criminal, and he's the one who's in charge of the Venezuelan uh, sort of uh, uh, you know portfolio. Um, these people are um, more dangerous, and I would say uh, they they are more culpable uh, than than Trump because Trump is an immoral imbecile, but they are following this imbecile and they are allowing him. They are. uh, Guaido declared himself president, what, in 2018 or was it 2019? Yeah, 2019. And he uh, he became speaker or whatever of the assembly uh, in a deal. So it wasn't even like an elected position there there was a deal to rotate this through parties it came to be his turn and then he declared himself president and that's when this latest round of coups started Mm -hmm. so like where after this stunt i mean it's only been a few days but like where is the venezuelan opposition on like what are they saying about this stunt are they saying oh too bad or you know should are, are there is there anybody in the opposition who's saying it's finally time to arrest Guaido, or like, wh- what's going country, on in the Venezuela? The whole country wants him arrested. Um, yeah. Uh, what they're saying right now is Guaido and his people immediately, you know, nobody nobody wants to accept uh, something that failed. And so yeah. uh, Guaido and his people are saying, oh, all these are lies. This is... This is a false positive of the government. It's not true that uh, that any of this happened. That these are all lies of the government. I don't know how they can possibly. I mean, the whole the whole of the coast uh, heard the the shots and the battle that went on, and an entire village caught these terrorists. The terrorists <laughs> have already spoken. They've already uh, confessed. Yeah. Said. Uh, everything they had to say, they're on video. They, so, but they continue saying, we had nothing to do with this. We had nothing to do with this. But amongst, I would say, the great majority of Venezuelans, they are very angry at Guaido. And you don't have to be a Chavista to want his head on a pike. And people are clamoring that he should be uh, put in jail. Now, um, to my mind, so why hasn't that happened? <laughs> I mean, my mind, how many things is he going to get away with? Yeah, yeah go ahead. He, he should have been in jail in any country. He would have been in jail, but it isn't that the government is afraid of what a Trump will do because what else is Trump going to do? He's doing everything against Venezuela, bringing the economy down, uh, terrible suffering. But one of Venezuela's most eminent lawyers who is part of the National Constitutional Assembly that is writing the new constitution has explained that if they if they indict Guaido right now, it would be under the old constitution, the, the constitution of 2000. And he said when they wrote the constitution in the year 2000, they put in there a section about treason. But nobody believed in treason because... What treason was there going to be? They, Venezuela right. had no had no um, experience of treason, but they put it in because you know it's it goes into constitutions, and so he says. Since then, we have 
never seen the terrible things that this opposition has done, has gone to even the European Union and spoken at their parliament and asked for sanctions against Venezuela, gone to speak to the president of the United States, so many of them asking for these sanctions, uh, stealing the money from Venezuela, taking the money of CITGO, all of these terrible things. So, So the new constitution is actually going to spell out what treason is. Because before it was just, oh, well, treason is something that, you know, you could get 30 years for, but nobody really defined it. So what they want to do now is really define what does it mean to be a traitor to your country. And they want to get Guaido because they want to give him more than 30 years. They want him really... They want all of these people to be indicted under the Constitution and to really pay for their crimes. Um, that's the only explanation that seems uh, viable to me. Now, the big question is, when is the new Constitution going to come out? I think it will happen as soon as the elections are done, uh, which will be now in November uh, or December. I can't remember the date, whether it's a November or December date. Um where the people are going to vote for the new National Assembly. When this happens, the Chavistas are going to win a huge landslide, and all of these people who are in the National Assembly right now are going to lose their place. That's what they're sort of terrified about. Yeah, I mean, and it's how how little have they accomplished since winning their... uh their positions in the assembly. It's oh, incredible. But they, they didn't want to accomplish anything. Yeah. Uh, Ramos on the first day, he walks into the legislature, have just won. He walks in, he comes in the car of the American embassy with the, uh, there wasn't an ambassador, but it was a person in charge, uh, charge of affairs. And he walked into the legislature and right by his side was the representative of the United States. And what were his first words? We're not here to legislate. We are here to overthrow the government of Maduro and we give Maduro six months when it oust him out of here. So that they haven't, they don't, they, they don't legislate, they don't pass laws or they pass, you know, declarations or this, that, and the other. But uh, it, it, yeah, it can, get, can get kind of tiresome to people, even if they support you that you just don't do anything for them and you show such contempt for the whole system. Well, you see there everything they do is out of uh, is unlawful because yeah. they caught two of the um of the deputies um they they committed fraud. Uh, they caught all their conversations with the governor of um of Guyana no, not Guyana, of... Uh, of not Zulia. No, further south, I think, Amazonas, that's it, Amazonas. And they caught them. And they caught them bribing people to vote for them. So this was a long process that got to the, uh, to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court said, you have to have by-elections again in um, this state, because any any decision that you take with these two people in in the in the uh, the room are, are not valid. You have to have a by election. So 
since Ramon Salup and all of them said, we don't accept the authority of the Supreme Court. Can you imagine this? We mm. declare ourselves in rebellion to the executive power and to the, leg- uh, the judicial power. So they were then illegal. That's why there's two assemblies. There's the uh, the Constitutional Assembly. Then, you know, you can't run a country without, without a legislature. So Maduro had the right, according to the, the Constitution, to call for a Constitutional Assembly, which is the maximum political authority. And he said, we're going to legislate with the Constitutional Assembly because this other one doesn't accept... Maduro, the the executive power, and doesn't accept the uh, the Supreme Court. So you have a, a, a you know a, 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 an assembly, a national assembly, who is in fact in rebellion to the other two powers of state. You can't have this. Um, so I think that as soon as the elections are done, then the constitutional assembly will produce the new constitution. So. Um... In in that case, if that's not going to be till December, we're we're just in May. We can probably expect a couple more stunts before then. I don't think so. I think that Guaido must be very very frightened. I think hmm. this has really frightened them terribly because they saw the might of the Venezuelan government, uh, Venezuelan army, like had never seen before. We now have these arms, which are. Terrific, mm-hmm. horrific! These missiles. I mean, it was it was a big it was a big thing. This battle because Venezuela hasn't had these kind of things before, and there are 114 people who are arrested, and 92 people who are wanted and have fled. So Maduro is not playing footsie here with people. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The people are very, very angry at Guaido and all his people. And he must be very, very frightened because I tell you, um, in case of, uh, and this I hear from Chavistas of all sorts, in any case of any true invasion of Venezuela, the Chavistas know where these people live and they're not going to stop. They're not going to stop the uh, the crowds to going and, and, and grabbing them. And and they have they've said that to, to them to their face. They said, "We know where you live. We know where you are." You know, so I think they must be very very frightened as to what this happened. So much so that you know, Guaido is adamant. Oh no, I had nothing to do with this. And people show him his, his the document. signed document. Yeah, yeah. So this was well, a big thank, yeah. for Venezuela. This was a true triumph, especially the role of the people, the role of the fishermen. It showed the world that Venezuela is a united nation, is a united country, that it believes in itself, it will not, it will not bow to an external power. It may die, uh, tr- uh, you know, resisting, but it will not bow to the United States, nor to a lackey country like Colombia. Okay, and let's uh, let's finish with um, it's not uh, it's not cowed, but it's also not alone. So why don't you talk about that non-aligned movement meeting on Monday that followed on su- that followed the Sunday attempted invasion? Well, as I said, as I said, timing is very important in politics, and they pull the stunt the day before 
a big meeting of the non-aligned uh, nations of the United Nations. So as soon as this occurs on Monday, Maduro is on this virtual meeting with about 130 of the countries of the United Nations and the director of the United Nations, and he tells them what's been happening. And what does he get? He gets the full support of all the non-aligned nations. He, he, he lauds the World Health Organization that has been so helpful to Venezuela, proposes them, uh, proposes that they, that they um, propose the World Health Organization for a Nobel Prize, and proposes a fund that everybody contributes so that they can help the poorest of the countries with the terrible health situation. The health situation is going to be, is not over. And some of these countries really need help in their uh, health uh, service services. And so I, I think that was accepted too. And uh, this is why the United States, <laughs> I watched on the news uh Yesterday, the United States, uh, no, Trump saying, oh, the Ven Maduro is carrying a disinformation campaign that we had nothing to do with this. You know, you can't tell the, the truth from the lies, from this propaganda. And I'm thinking, call, this is the kettle calling the pot black. Um, mm. So this was another coup for Maduro that the very next day he got the, the approval, the support, the backing, and, and you know, expressions of, of, a, of being appalled of these countries, of this attempted invasion of a legitimate and democratic uh, and a very popular country um, who has done no wrong to anyone. I, I, want to, I want to say this, especially to Canadians. Canada has been... Has been Worse than the United States, because the United States, you say, well, the empire, of course they do this. But Canada, what does Canada have against Venezuela? What has Venezuela ever done against Canadians? What harm has Venezuela done to, to uh, Canada that Canada should um, uh, drag up? This group of Lima, Lima group, who are the most, uh, the lowest of the uh, of the governments of Latin America, who in, in, insist on the the sanctions also, and continues to support these uh, adventures of regime change of the United States. Where was this? Was this part of the of the liberal? Um, promises uh, during election. Uh, whatever happened to uh, uh, you know the the expressions of uh, you, you know live and let live of, of supposed Canadian uh, um, foreign af affairs? You know, uh, it, it's gone downhill. It's so, gone. It's a long. Downhill. It's a long tradition, Maria. There's a there's a old Canadian diplomat. Uh, apparently, his name was Holmes or something, and and he his slogan for Canadian foreign policy was, "Well, we have our principles, and we find our way around them." That's right, exactly. <laughs> but the hypocrisy, so. the hypocrisy of of Canada, that that it should give up its own sovereignty to bow before the feet of the uh, of Trump in the United States you know uh, selling its its heritage for a, a plate of lentils like in the bible you know uh, it's really uh, disgusting to me it's disgusting that Canada uh, should uh, 
act this way to a fellow country in this hemisphere who's done never done anything wrong to Canada, and that uh, the only reason they're doing this is so they can suck up to this madman in the White House. Yeah, well, well, that's a good, that's a solid note to end on. Thank you, Maria. We will. Uh, I'm going to come back to you again the next time they do this. I'm glad you're, and I'm happy to hear you don't think it's it's likely in in the short term. But no. if if it does happen, uh, get ready because you'll have to come back. <laughs> well, I can just tell you that I have firm belief uh, in in Venezuela, the Venezuelan people, and I can say, as the Cubans say, venceremos. <laughs> Thank you, Maria.